All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea. With host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. And away we go for the Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and the returning Jay Rosehill. How are you, buddy? We're good, man. Same old, just dog days of winter here. Game day. Things are clicking along for the Leafs lately. Things are just fine, my man. Lots humming, my man, including Corey Perry. We talked about this like two months back, but now there's a conversation in the market uh, earlier today from. Uh, Carla Koliakov, I believe, in the morning show with TSN Radio, that there could be mutual interest between Corey Perry and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sounds like he's going to sign somewhere. Do you like the fit? You bet I do. I uh, I don't know. I, I haven't had time to kind of go in and see, you know, the, the general consensus on this, but the guy is built for the playoffs. I mean, he is so... I know he's getting a little older and, okay, he hasn't played in a couple months. Like, irrelevant, he'll get that back. Um, but the way he plays in the playoffs, the way he stands out, the way he leads, the way he agitates, he scores the big goals. He's involved. He is, he's literally the opposite of what some of the players on this roster have been known for in the playoffs. He shows up and, you know, blossoms in the playoffs where other guys kind of go away sometimes is what they've shown so far in the playoffs. I hope all that changes, but I think a guy like him and his veteran presence and uh, experience in the playoffs could, could really help out this, uh, this organization. He's a guy who drags you into the fight first and foremost. Uh, number two, he's a big game player, as you reference. Even at this age, it seems like he scores big time goals and plays a prolific role in every team he's in in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I believe he had three goals in that series with Tampa last year um, for the Maple Leafs. Uh, I just think there's a lot of pros, more pros than cons 
when looking at Corey Perry. But the big question, so as you see the roster right now up front, is he a guy who's like a 13th forward? Do you see him a mainstay rest of season purposes in the bottom six? Uh, who does he overtake in your opinion? Good question. I think uh, I think that'll have to be decided from within. I mean, what do we have? We've got, you know, like Holmberg and Robertson are in there. He could uh, replace. He's not going to replace any of the big guys that are kind of mainstays, but you fit him in there. Not going to replace Noah Gregor. I mean, maybe a, a, a Bobby McMahon or something like that. I mean, there's, let's be honest, there's a couple of guys there you could replace with Corey Perry. And I think it would be an upgrade. Um, and again, I'm, I'm looking at the playoffs. I'm thinking about every time I watch a playoff series that he's involved in, it's just, he's everywhere, man. And he would change the dynamic and, and swing things in the favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs where before they just, they just lose it. Like when teams play those mental games and, and the extracurriculars after the whistle and the the back and the forth and the little stuff behind the play, like that stuff all adds up and agitates and you see the same team the next day and then the next game and then the next game. And you create this like little war and this battle that these playoff series becomes. He is front and center of all that. And I promise you, you want that guy on your team when you're involved in that kind of stuff. So I'm into it and I don't want to hear any, uh, how would you want someone of that character on the team? Like we're talking about hockey here. I don't give a rip what he does in his personal life. If he cheats on his wife, if he's a bad dad, if he cheats on his taxes, if he stole some bubble gum when he was, I don't care. I don't care at all. I'm talking about a hockey player and we're assessing a hockey team. So, you know, the things that happened with his situation, whatever it was, I, I don't even care. He is, paid for them he's lost his contract he's lost his team i don't even know what he's going through personally his reputation's been tarnished he's paid his 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 pettance for whatever it was he does i'm not going to here to get involved and say no you can't do this because i don't agree with i do not care i care about hockey hockey players and hockey teams and that's what i'm talking about right now the big thing here is that he got the green light from the NHL and Gary Bettman, right? Like they wouldn't have gone ahead and did that if they had reason to not do it. And so I think that's the big thing here. I think we're going to see some movement on this situation rather quickly. I think the important thing to stress, he has to have a contract, I believe, by March 8th to be eligible for the Stanley Cup playoffs. But again, to reiterate, I just think there's way more pros than cons when you look at Corey Perry, what he can bring. Like put it this way, I'd rather Corey Perry on the Leafs than at least playing Corey Perry in the playoffs. That's for sure. And, you know, cap implications, this or that. Like, what was he making on that on that Chicago contract? Well, that's that different. So he signed, a, he signed a one-year deal at $4 bucks, but it was pretty much a protection contract, similar to what Nick Foligno signed to protect Connor Bedard. But he's no longer in Chicago. My anticipation is going to be league men, I would think. I know. Like, how about that? Like, this guy yeah. was just warranted $4 million. We know what he does. He's standing out in the cold right now because of his massive fuck up. And now you can potentially grab him. Like, I hope it's not a bidding war and it doesn't go up because more than one team is going to say, man, we could use Corey Perry right now. But say he wants to be in Toronto, say he likes what they're doing. Um, Like to scoop him for league men, it is a no brainer to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll monitor over the next couple of days, but certainly the big conversation in the chat, overwhelming yes, by the way, which I think is peculiar because when the story went down, we did the whole segment, which I put out on Twitter yesterday and asking if the Leafs were a good good fit and everybody's like, no, fuck, no, fuck that guy. So it's amazing Why? how time heals. Yeah, I, I look back the, at everything. Because of, of the personal stuff, like he did something well, behind like, the scenes. It, 
it's all speculation. We're never going to know truly what happened, but a lot of people were really against it. And at the time, I was like, there's no way the lease will do it. Having said that, time has passed, right? And time heals all. And the fact that the green light has come out from the NHL and Gary Bettman, I think the lease would soften on that stance. Like the noise isn't as loud, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe there'll be some naysayers. And how could you when you sign them? Okay, go ahead and shout. It doesn't matter. As soon as the guy starts playing, it'll be about his play and that'll soften. So again, that doesn't mean much to me when I'm thinking about, could we use this guy? Well, it's like, are we here for like, are we a team of morality? Like I'm all about high character people. I, I, I'm all about when you're drafting kids, you know, interview them, find out who they are, what their character is, what their upbringing was, who their parents are. I'm all about that stuff. But we already know Corey Perry. He's a man, a full grown man. We know what he's kind of all about. Whatever mistake he made, like I said, he's paid for it. I'm not interested in that. I'm moved on. I'm thinking about the hockey team and the hockey player. And I think we could absolutely use him. It's like exciting to think that we could get him and shove him in there um, for so cheap. It's just, I just would love to have it. And as producer Vic says, like him or, you know, Ryan Reeves, for example, I mean, I forgot looking at that, that, that Ryan Reeves is even part of the equation. He's hurt right now. He was scratched. He just doesn't seem like uh, it, it, it's working as a very good fit for, for him in Toronto and as a Maple Leaf moving forward, yet he's got that contract. So, I mean, the room can be certainly made for Corey Perry, especially at what he'll, uh, he'll have as a salary coming back to the league. Lighter Juice writes in, imagine Perry, Domi, and Yarncroak. Um, uh, we've had yeah. some questions in the chat. Where would you play Perry? Bottom six. Um, I think he's a guy who can move up at the right time. And he's a guy who would contemplate playing on the on, on the second power play, you know, giving a bit of a different look. Like, this is not Corey Perry, clearly, of his days with the Anaheim Ducks, but he's still a guy who can produce at the NHL level. Like, I think a couple of years ago, it was overblown that maybe this guy was cooked. He was done. Very similar to like John Tavares, not the fastest player, but IQ wise, he is very quick. Oh, he's everywhere you need him to be, man. He sees yeah. things out there. He knows where to be. It's just, I can just see in that, uh, you know, dying minutes of a game or a period when yeah. you're holding on to a lead or you're desperately trying to um, tie the game. And he's a guy that just finds that loose puck back door and, and bangs it in. And it's like, God, this guy just, just knows how to get it done and perform. And he's done it all the time. He's not going to go and be your leading scorer in, in the playoff series necessarily, but he's in those important moments and he's part of those, those important plays that, that makes such a big difference. And to be honest with you, historically, we need those guys on this Toronto Maple Leafs roster. You know, what's funny that I would seriously like to know is like, you know, every player, sometimes they come and play at Toronto. Like I saw something funny the other day of Michael Bunting is drawing calls like crazy. When he was on the Leafs, it was like he couldn't get anything. The refs hated him. I wonder if the same thing would be true with Corey Perry. Like if he becomes a Maple Leaf and, and all of a sudden he's getting nothing and he's not being that agitator, that type of guy who's brought so much success in his career. Like I, I really think the proof will be in the pudding. Like if, if that you know, conversation chains or shifts with, with Corey Perry would be kind of funny and, and interesting at the same time. Yeah. It's funny. You, you think of, uh, you know, you picture him in you know, that, uh, that lightning uniform and the way he yeah. agitated and drew penalties and God, was he good at straddling the so line good. and getting away with things. He was very good at it, but say, I know it just seems like it, it, the potential is there for him to be in a Leafs uniform 
trying to play that game and just the refs having none of it, like too big of a spotlight, too many people yeah. talking about him after game one and, oh, we're going to clamp down on that stuff where it just goes under the rug in, in a place like Tampa Bay. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. He's like I said, he's extremely good at it. But if he's doing it and being effective, you know, everyone's going to be talking about there's going to be a huge spotlight on him. And then, you know, the league doesn't really like that. The refs don't really like that. Maybe he wouldn't be as effective. I don't know. Maybe he's instead of drawing penalties, taking penalties. And everyone's like, well, what the hell we got? You know what I mean? I could see it going both ways. But all you can do is is go off of his track record and what you know he's capable of doing and what he's done in the past. And it has been very effective. Lots cooking in the NHL world, as we know, wanted to mention as well, coming up on uh, DFO Live later on today with Tyler Remchuk and Frank Sarvali. Frank's going to join us, by the way, in about uh, 20 minutes. Is Anthony Sanfilippo, I don't know how much digging you've done into this story, but this Cutter Goche story, I found his real name is William, by the way, but he goes by Cutter. This whole oh, Goche story. Yeah, and then Torts is William. fired up now, and then Torts last night went all Larry Brooks on Anthony Sanfilippo. So Anthony's coming up on DFO Live in like an hour from now, so you want to check that out. But man, that story is just is killer. It's like very NBA. Like, I want more drama in the league. It'd be great. I love how Torts goes, is that guy in the room? What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? Like, just put him on blast. That's so beautiful. I, I don't like this kid. I'm not high on the Americans right now. The way they handle themselves, the way they behave, the arrogance and cockiness turns me right off. Just now? And then what's that? Like just now? That's when you're realizing this with Americans just now? No, I know. I hey, I like I love America, but when Americans yeah. leave America and get on the world stage, it's something about them. They just have to turn on this asshole um mentality and it's when they get on the big stage, like the way they won that gold medal in the world juniors was just like, you're not even, you're not even impressed because you're just like, what a bunch of losers, like, yeah. even though they're winners, right. It takes away from it. And then the way this guy goes about handling him, not wanting to play in Philadelphia, whatever his reasons are, are his. And that's kind of fine to me. I, I'm kind of old school where like you play for the team that drafted you and make the best of it. But if, if you're so good and you have the power and leverage to, to say, no, I want to go elsewhere. Okay. If you want to play that, if you want to play that card, you can, but the way he did it is just disgusting. And now to find out his name's William, but he goes by cutter. It's like, my name's John, but I go by gunner. Like what a fucking loser, man. I just can't <laughs> wait to root against this kid. I had, dude, I had to look it up. Cause we talked about it earlier on today in NHL fantasy, a nice podcast. And I'm like, I got to find out what this kid's real name is. And it's William. Uh, and he's it's Swedish American. Cutter, eh? <laughs> he's Swedish American. He's Swedish American. I didn't know this. Well, his dad played over there. So he yeah. was born there. But he's, okay. and his dad's from around, uh, I think, Mississauga or something, too. Well, that's but, why yeah. I, I love how it's pronounced in the States. It's like Gautier. It's Gautier, right? Yeah, everyone's saying it with a French accent. It's Gautier. Yeah, it's so, um, whatever. Yeah, but I guess, anyways, it's I guess uh, an evolving French, story. But... Pardon me? I guess the roots are French, but whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, I put the pieces together. I'm not 100% yeah. sure, but his dad played in North America, went over to Europe. I kind of imagine he must have married an American girl for them to settle down down there. And that's yeah. why he's American and makes sense. There's lots of guys like that. But when the story first broke and I looked up at this kid, I'm like, he's a Swedish kid. That's odd. And then, uh, no, no, he's American. And it, it kind of made sense. It all made sense full circle. So Anthony Sanfilippo is coming up in about an hour. DFO Live. Don't uh, Make sure you don't miss that. Frank Saravalli is coming up in about 15. Wanted to mention as well, Dennis Hildeby and uh, Alex Steves are named American Hockey League All-Stars February 4th and 5th in San Jose. So good on them. We talk about the next wave. 
I'm not sold on Steve's. Like he's been knocking on the door for a couple of years, hasn't got there, has made a couple appearances, but Hildeby, I mean, back in the AHL, right? We're going to have this conversation in mere seconds, but just your initial quick thoughts on this. Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, where is that All Star game? I couldn't quite read it this San year. San Jose. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah. Um, good for them. That's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, like you say, Steve's kind of one of those guys that's just kind of straddling the line and like more than welcome to take that next jump and step, but just hasn't been able to do it. But it sounds like, uh, you know, his next chance, he could have a little bit more experience under his belt. He must be lighting it up in the American League to uh, to get on that all-star game and hopefully it gives him the confidence he needs to, to flourish next time he gets a shot in the National League. A lot of people in the chat, uh, I think we got to go by Cutter, Cutter Alberga and Cutter Rosehill for the rest of this show's uh, life, okay? Cutter and Gunner, I think. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> what a fucking name. What a, Cutter. What a like, where do you get that nickname Cutter? But anyways. You give it to yourself because you're a fucking loser. That's where you get it from. <laughs> yeah. He probably did make it himself. We got to find out the uh, genesis of that name and how it was created for Cutter Gauthier. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Once again, at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe here on YouTube. Smash the like button, all that. And uh, give us a, a five-star review, of course, over wherever you get your uh, your podcasts. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25 in uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So... The Leafs got a bit of a scare yesterday. Matthew Nyes got banged up at practice. He left, but it sounds like they dodged a bullet. I don't know about you. I saw that go down on social media. I'm like, oh shit, this is the last thing they need, but it sounds like he's A-OK to play tonight. Yeah, that's wild. I don't know. Uh, just one of those things, like usually when you hurt yourself, you know, oh God, like that's yeah. like something went, that's bad or else, oh, that's just, that's I'm hurt. I'm not injured. But sometimes you're like, fuck, what was that? And Maybe you want to take it easy, not move it or not do any more damage. And you you limp off the ice the way he did with help. And you get on the training table and start moving things around. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's not so bad. And and I don't know, whatever it, it was, it was. But thankfully, it's not serious. And he's able to play because uh, getting that clip there where he's literally getting two men to help him off the ice was not a good look by any stretch. And, uh, you know, thankfully, we don't have to deal with that right now. Where are you at on Nick Robertson? I got some heat yesterday. Uh, for saying I was sort of out on Nick Robertson or I was okay moving on. He's got three goals in the last four. It looks like um, Noah Gregor is going to come back after missing one game with the flu or whatever he had. Nick Robertson, just uh, has your feeling, has, has your sense changed on this kid? He's still a kid. I think it's important to stress that. The sample size is rather small still at the NHL level. Yeah, I mean, his stock's gone down compared to expectations there's no doubt about that uh the capability is there it's just being able to access it all the time like like who is this guy i don't think anybody knows yet i'm not sure if he knows yet and you know it's it's yet to be determined is what i would say um he's got three and four you say yeah like that's that that's a that's a great sign because you know before this last call up here he it wasn't looking like he was capable of that so just to see some consistency and and see him you know solidify himself as this is what I am in the NHL would be nice and then you know what you can expect from him because you know a little bit highly touted his brother's Jason who's just like exploded onto the scene there in Dallas 
Um, it's kind of maybe not fair to have the expectations that we did, but he was kind of one of our blue chip prospects coming up. And as a couple of years tick by, it's kind of like, okay, we're like, we're, we're wanting you to be this guy. We hope you are. And hasn't quite been, that has been a little bit inconsistent, but like you said, there's uh, you know, with some of the points that he shows, he's like, Hey, I'm, you, you gave me a shot and look what I did with it. So, you know, I don't think, you know, in the right circumstances, you're making a big deal or something. And, and they say, Hey, we want that Nick Robertson. Well then great. You know, like you, you can't just give away your garbage and get gold back. You gotta, you know, you gotta give and take. So if he was put in a package, I'd be okay with it. And whatever he does with the rest of his uh, career, you'd wait and see. And if it's great, everyone will say, wow, should have hang on to him. But uh, you, you just, no one has a crystal ball. And like I said, he's been kind of inconsistent, but the potential is definitely there. Bottom line, I think he's replaceable. I mean, there's a reason why we just talked about Corey Perry, and there's a reason why we identified a guy like Nick Robertson as somebody Perry can overtake in the lineup. I mean, just the consistency, mm-hmm. consistency excuse me, hasn't been there. I also don't think Robertson's a checker. Like, when I think about the Stanley Cup playoffs and I think about a shutdown third line or a shutdown bottom six, the name Nick Robertson doesn't come to my mind. Like, I think he's better served to be in the top six but the consistency hasn't been there. And unfortunately, Bertuzzi and Nyes and others are ahead of him in the pecking order right now. And that's just the brass reality of things. Yeah, it is. And it's just one of those players that I've, I've known a million of them throughout my career where it's like they're uh, an all-star in the American League, a top couple line guys in the American League, and they get called up. And it's like, well, you're not better than the top six on that big boy club. So now you got to play bottom six and they don't know how to play that. They're not. An energy guy. They're not a checking guy. They want to play the tic-tac-toe. They want to make plays. They want to get points. But it's like, well, you can do that in the American League, but you're not good enough to replace the guys in the NHL. And they're they're caught in this crossroads. And then so many times guys get called up from the American League. They come back down. They're like, well, fuck, I played eight minutes with so-and-so. Like, how the hell do they expect me to to do anything that I, that, you know, I'm, I'm capable of with that amount of, you know, opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, do you think they're going to yank Matthew Nyes off for you when you just got called up? Like it's not happening. So it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, he's got to get put in the right place. And and when he does, he's got to take the reins and never give him back. And he just hasn't quite done that yet. I'll give him credit though. He has adapted, evolved his style this year. Like in the past, he was just like, give me the puck. I'm going to shoot the puck. I think he's playing more of a North South East West type game, which is, is great to see, but I still think there's reason and need for an upgrade there in the bottom six. I think as we get closer and closer to the March 8th trade deadline. So Sammy's back. Uh, Obviously you weren't with us yesterday, but Ilya Samsonov is going to back up. We're all wondering what he did in those 10 days off or what you want to call it. Got a new mask, man. He he changed his mask. Uh, he's got a new painting I was reading on social media. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic, but I, for one, not as stunned as most people. I think the proof has been in, been in the pudding, the fact that they wouldn't play Dennis Hildeby. But when you saw that go across the wire, we we're like, oh, my God, did you almost have a heart attack or what? I was surprised. It's like I thought he was going to go down there, get some reps, get used to, you know, get his timing and his angles back at – you know, whatever it is, all those buzzwords that I, I'm not actually familiar with because I've never played the goaltender position, but all those things that, you know, are on when you're feeling it and playing well and are off when you're not finding it and you don't have your angles and you're not moving laterally and you can't see the puck and you're all the timings off, that type of thing. I thought he was going down there to work on that, but I, I, I'm thinking it was really just like a mental break for him. Go down like vacation i don't even know he barely even practiced with them did he like it wasn't two practices 
it's like on his, I think he was on his own working with his own guys and the mental coaches and stuff like that, just to give him a break and just to hit the reset button is what he, you know, they're trying to do. It sounds like, and I thought he was going to play down there. He didn't. So that tells me that it was a, a mental reset, like go down, get away from the rink, get away from the reporters, pretend it's like, you know, you're back on your own in the summertime, do your shit to get prepared and then come back to camp, come back to the team with this new zest for the season and for your play and, and start fresh. And I guess that's what it's looking like. Uh, they're going to try with him. But once again, the only thing that's going to matter is when he does get into a game, how does he perform? And I, I hope it's positively. Well, they got a back-to-back coming up this weekend on home ice. They got Colorado Saturday, Detroit on Sunday. Um, so if it's not Samsonov, it's going to be Hildeby. And I think they left that open for interpretation saying, we're going to evaluate Sam's. I don't know what you're evaluating in practice. You can't evaluate guys until you put them in a game. So maybe that's just Sheldon Keith being it's Sheldon not. Keith. But I've been oh. thinking this all along. Like they would have played Hildeby in San Jose or yeah. Anaheim if they're actually going to play the guy. Not, yeah. Yeah. I think they just, they called him up as a replacement just in case they couldn't play Jones. Their plan was yeah. obviously just to ride Jones and, and risk it. And I believe that they do not want to put Hill to be in at this point in time. They don't mm-hmm. want to push it. They don't want to rush it. They don't want to give him a start that he's not ready for. And then all of a sudden, Oh, that's his, you know, now that's his benchmark. And Oh, last time he played, he wasn't very good or, you know, whatever it was, they didn't think he was ready and didn't want to put him in that position clearly. So now when Sammy comes back, like Hill gone now sammy is back yeah. unless he does get in the game shits the bed can't be a backup and they they switch but at that point in time joseph wall will be back so i i think it's clear their their plan is not to play hill to be this year at all and they will have to get sammy and eventually you can't keep riding jones like this and the proof will just be in the pudding like how did he play is he is he able to find his game is he able to be our our guy that's going to either be a backup or or one of the one of the goaltenders on, on the Maple Leafs. It's, it'll be tough, man. It'll be, it'll be depending on his play. And when Wool comes back, that's only going to convolute the situation and we'll just see what happened. But the bottom line is it's nice. Jones is playing the way he is. Hopefully Sammy can find his game and we know what Joseph Wall is capable of. So there's, it's not like we're completely out of options. This has Alec Manoa written all over it. So hypothetically, if Samsonov starts on Sunday and gets lit the shit, then you're back to square one and you made a dumb decision calling this guy back up after 11 games or 11 days and not even playing him in an American Hockey League game and barely practicing. So I just don't know what they're doing here. I just don't know how much a human being can change in 11 days, especially when you're an NHL netminder and you're afraid of the puck. I just That's just me. I don't know much about the position, but... It's all mental, man. Like the mind yeah. is very, very powerful, dude. And I, I, I mean, the, yeah. the old adage is, oh, hockey's 90% mental. And, and yeah, that's a bit of a, you know, a stretch, but man, when your mind isn't, isn't firing and when you lose your confidence, mm-hmm. it is just, it just overtakes you, man. And especially at the goaltender position where a mistake is just, I mean, a horn goes off. 20,000 people stand on their feet. The play is stopped. The whistle goes. People are celebrating in front of you. You have to stop the game. Something changes with the whole point of the game on the score clock is to score a goal because of your mistake. Like it's so detrimental to, to make mistakes at the goaltender position. And when you lose that confidence, I understand I've lost my confidence before. And it's like, it's like hard to make a 10 foot pass that you could do in your fucking sleep, you know? And it's like, oh, and it's very debilitating. So to go and have that reset, I mean, I know he's not going to be a different human being, but if your mind is different and you're in a different place to go and try a game again and attack it from a different 
headspace. I totally understand. And it, I think it's certainly worth a try the way he was performing before he went down. Shots on goal, GAA and PPG can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM. Wendy's is bacon, portobello, mushroom melt. Sure may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and daily face-off fantasy, but unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for daily face-off today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. And it's uh, the second of three this year with the New York Islanders, the first meeting since December 11th. If you do recall, 1,000-point night for uh, John Tavares happened late on a tying goal for Morgan Riley. The Islanders actually won that game 4-3 in OT, but I expect another hostile crowd. This is the 13th visit to Long Island for John Tavares. Where's the time gone, man? I know. It's been a while, hey, but... Yeah. I don't put much stock into it anymore. It's kind of a little side note. Oh, yeah. Some people will have a sign against the glass during warm up <laughs> saying, we love you, John. Other people are going to boo when he touches the puck. Like, OK, whatever yeah. it is, what it is. It's it's Long Island. It's New York fans. That's fine. Um, it's not going to live up to the hype of last game. I mean, if you recall, I think he had two points the night before needed yeah. two points to get to a thousand in Long Island. He yeah. does it in in like fantastic fashion and just couldn't quite close the Cinderella story. I was watching screaming going, give it to fucking John. Like how I love those stories when just everything falls into place and, and they happen in sports, you know, more often than they maybe should. And it's always a fun story. So we kind of missed out on, on closing the Cinderella story on that one, but uh, his, his focus isn't going to be on that shit, especially tonight because of what it was last time. He's going to be focusing on keeping this train going, not letting the Islanders kind of break out and, and stop their slump and, and keeping the Leafs uh, winning streak going. Well, that's exactly it. The Islanders have been fading as of late. We always know it's like similar to whenever the Leafs play Montreal, the Islanders show up when John Tavares is there at the other side, they show up for games against the Leafs, but the Isles have dropped four or five. The Maple Leafs have won four in a row here to start 2024, and it's the first of three and four nights. Um, you played through that, obviously, in the AHL and other leagues and in the NHL. What's that like as a player and a player's mentality? Yeah, three and four is a lot for the NHL. I remember like rarely doing back-to-backs when we played, and when we did, the guys who have never stepped foot in the minors are like groaning and like, oh, I got to do some extra like. <laughs> physio and getting the cold tubs and it's like oh fuck buddy you got no idea but three and four in the national league uh with some travel is definitely taxing and you know they're fine they're like the way they prepare the resources at their expense i mean they literally have hyperbaric chambers they have leg squeezing apparatuses that like massage and squeeze the lactic acid out of your legs they have world-renowned nutritionists they have everything at their disposal so i mean you know some guy work in construction building a highway in 30 degree weather in july you know goes through more than these guys are going to go through as far as physicality wise and you know you just you just go do it there's no other option you're a professional athlete in a physical sport go play the goddamn games do what you can to make sure you feel good but it is what it is every team's got to go through it it's what the schedule is and you know i don't feel bad for these guys i don't think it's an excuse to underperform by any stretch of the imagination that you knew this was on the schedule prepare accordingly and and go give them your stuff so i i don't put a lot of stock into it i don't give them reason to to take nights off or any of that shit 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We'll get a true indication of what this Maple Leafs team is over the next uh, four days. Obviously, the Islanders coming up on Thursday night, then a back-to-back on home ice Saturday, Sunday, Colorado and the Detroit Red Wings. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party, team-building event, or have a great date night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com, battlegrounds.com. As we welcome in today's guest, it is uh, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff. Frank, Happy New Year. How are you, buddy? Uh, you can't wish me Happy New Year anymore. It's January 11th. Seinfeld says you only get six days. That's exactly what I was talking about today. I'm like, when is it too late uh, to wish somebody Happy New Year? But welcome to the show. It's your first time here in 2024. A lot of uh, topics we can we can uh, broach on, I guess. But I want to start with Corey Perry. Do, do you think it's a good fit for the Maple Leafs? What are you hearing on that front? Don't know if he's a good fit for the Maple Leafs. Um, oh. I mean, look, I think Corey Perry is a. I, I let me walk that back. I think Corey Perry is a good fit for almost every team. I don't think you can get enough Corey Perry's. And I did want to offer one bit of clarification, if I could. Um, Corey Perry wasn't cleared yesterday to return. That that part is inaccurate. He has never been barred from playing in the NHL. He was eligible immediately the day that his contract was terminated with the Chicago Blackhawks to step right into an NHL lineup. Will he return to the league this season? I have zero doubt. I had calls from three NHL GMs the week that he was suspended by the Blackhawks asking, what do you know? What did he do? How bad is it? And then invariably, the last question in the conversation was, what do you think the blowback would be like if I signed this guy? So teams were trying then. This is a guy that was on pace for 50-plus points, an absolute gamer, a guy who loves the game, can't get enough of it, and will now likely sign for league men to chase another Stanley Cup after going to three consecutive Cup finals. I mean, stuff like that doesn't happen by accident. So I would take Corey Perry in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, why don't you think with all the interest? I mean, I think we're kind of fooling ourselves if we think we're just going to be the only ones that want him on the roster. Like you say, the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's going to be other suitors. Do you not think that'll just boost the value in the number? Like, why is it automatically league men? I understand what he went through, but if more than one organization wants him and they have cap room, why wouldn't that go up to a million bucks or something like that? 
I mean, it, it could. I don't think it's money driven for him. I, I think, you know, some people were saying the other day, oh, he took as much money as he could to go to Chicago. No, he didn't. They just had more money to offer because they also needed to get to the salary cap floor. But leaving Tampa, um, Corey Perry and his son Griffin have a really close relationship. He's just a little guy. I think he's six or seven years old, but a hockey super fan. And I wrote a couple stories about, uh, you know, Griff sort of being Corey Perry's good luck charm. And when they were leaving Tampa, he was, you know, really upset. Like, Dad, like, do you think this means, you know, you're not going to play with Steven Stamkos anymore? But who's it going to be? He, he was, they were putting together some of the, you know, the wish lists of the the best players in the league. Leon Dreisaitl, he loves Dreisaitl. Or would it be uh, Austin Matthews or whoever? And he's like, Dad, I, you got to go play with Connor Bedard. So I'm not saying that's how he makes his decisions, but um, he really wanted to spend some time around. Connor Bedard and and be a guy that could help mentor him. And obviously that didn't really quite work out for the Blackhawks. It backfired in that sense that they had to say goodbye, but it wasn't a chase for money and the 4 million bucks that, that brought him there. He's made, you know, a hundred million dollars in his career. He wants to win. And so if it's at seven 75, or if it's at a million or if it's at a million five, it's not really going to matter one way or the other, he's going to pick the best fit for him. And I think, You also probably, not to say that he won't go out West, but um, he spends the bulk of his time living in London. So, um, you know, that's not really all that far down the road from the Leafs. It's not really all that far down the road from the Detroit Red Wings. You know, wherever you want to, you know, pick the spot, um, I think those are some intriguing, you know, places to kind of start with from an ideation perspective. Do you get the indication like uh, as to when he's going to make a decision? Like, has he been skating consistently since everything went down or knowing Corey Perry, there's almost zero chance that he spent any time off the ice. Um, I would say that decision wise, I don't think it's front burner. My guess is the information that came out yesterday, which was a meeting for Gary Bettman that he asked for specifically was put out there as a way to take the temperature of the marketplace of, Hey, does this produce teams starting to call again? How do fan bases and social media react? This was a test balloon, a trial balloon that was dropped to basically gauge some of that to say, when is the right time to come back? Because again, he's one of those guys that you're going to have to pry him out of the game, kicking and screaming. Well, and Frank, it worked because it's uh, blowing up Toronto already, right, Rosie? I've seen we're seeing storylines already today. Yeah, and I mean nothing's even happened. But say they sign him tomorrow, you know, obviously something happened that was of low character. You don't gas his contract, and we're not we don't know what that is. So I think that's in his favor for sure. But say they do sign him, what kind of blowback could you expect? And would that just fizzle out as soon as he puts the uniform on and plays a game? I mean, we live in 2024 in a social media world where people are both, you know, insanely sensitive and they feign outrage like nobody's business. So someone somewhere in some corner sucking their thumb is going to be upset. Um, I think the truth is that 
Um, depending on which team you play for and work for, there's different rules for different people. And I, I'm not saying that Corey Perry didn't cross a line or anything like that. I don't know the full, full story, the, all the details, just sort of, you know, various innuendo that's been out there. And I think the best way for me to explain how the rest of the league feels in hearing some of the stories is that they basically think, the Chicago Blackhawks, given what they've been through with the Kyle Beach scandal, that they have a different level of sensitivity to yeah. anything that might happen in the workplace and that they're going to react to make sure that they're on the quote unquote correct side of that and potentially yeah. also overreact. So again, Corey Perry in his in his statement acknowledged that something happened, acknowledged that it was alcohol fueled and acknowledged that he's been dealing with some mental health and, and alcohol abuse issues that he's been working through. Is he, you know, off scot-free? No. I mean, his career and reputation has certainly taken a, a huge damaging hit here, but moving forward, um, my guess is that whatever sort of, um, issue that a fan base has, first off, you should look yourself in the mirror because no one's perfect. And second, um, he's come out and, and owned it he didn't break any laws. Everyone's acknowledged that he didn't break any laws. Like let's move on and, and have him play. Yeah. So we'll see what happens here over the coming weeks, but certainly a, a busy time here in Leafs nation, a, a extension for Willie Nylander. I've seen you on our various platforms. Give your opinion. I'd love to hear your opinion on this show. what do you think of it? I think it's expensive. I think that's the easiest way to explain it. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs felt like in some ways they were kind of, I don't want to say backed into a corner, but I feel like with the special season that he's had with the continued growth that we've seen in his game with the potential to lose him for nothing that this, they felt this was the best alternative given all the things that were on the table. I think they probably felt market wise. Like there were a couple teams out there that would be willing to pay Nylander even more in the 12 plus million dollar range. Uh, I'm little different in that. Like, I don't, I don't mind playing hardball. And I'd say if you really want to leave here, what's been a really good fit and you clearly like it here over an extra half million bucks or million bucks or whatever it ends up being like, those figures aren't going to change your life in any meaningful way, whether you make 80, 85 or $92 million, like you know, you're still an extraordinarily wealthy human being. So um, you might want to just find the best fit for you and exactly what that looks like. Unfortunately, with the way that these Leaf players have one up each other consistently, that was never really on the table to be a thing. And so that part, I think, hurts. Um, but in terms of how the Leafs build this out from here, the blueprint is there. I mean, essentially what you're doing is handing William Nylander all four and a half million dollars of your cap increase this summer. You've got some flexibility with the Bertuzzi Domi and Brody deals, and you basically need to get through one season where you're gritting your teeth with John Tavares at 11 million bucks before you can convince him to take a hometown discount and then rejig your cap after that. So it's the the path is there for this to be mostly seamless. I still think at the end of the day, you've paid absolute market price or just thereabouts for a guy that as good as he's been 
this is it. This is the ceiling. Like it's never going to get better than this for William Nylander. And it's pretty damn good. Like I'm not mistaking that, but on top of that, you know, you, you're, you're making a really big commitment here. So that's, you know, there's no surplus value that you're getting in Nylander over the next number of years. And based on that contract, do you lately they've allowed Mitch Marner's no trade to kick in? Do you think that this just basically solidifies that they are running it back with the core four? They're keeping them as their their base, their the majority of their cap. Or do you think how much of a haircut Tavares could take would basically alleviate all the problems that that this contract and Marner's could cause? From a pure financial perspective, I think the increasing cap plus whatever hometown discount Tavares takes, like let's ballpark him at, and and I don't know how generous John Tavares wants to be, but let's say he goes from 11 million to six. Then you add in two years from now, another four and a half or $5 million in an increase. And you can see how this, you know, from a financial perspective can be accomplished and still find a way to ice a really competitive roster elsewhere in your lineup. I think my bigger question, and so to take a step back, yes, I, to answer your question, yes, I do think this more or less solidifies that this is the path that they'd like to go down. My only caveat to add to that is, let's see what happens in the playoffs again. Yeah, If you have another disastrous playoff run, I think you'd have to explore moving Mitch Marner. I, I don't, like, given his playoff failures and how he doesn't seem to be able to overcome it, like I, that's, that's what I'd be looking at and saying, we can spend this, you know, if it wasn't going to be for Nylander and take his money and say, we're going to get three good players, you know, with this cash, you have to do it with someone at some point, even with whatever's coming with Tavares. So not set in stone, nothing ever is, but I think in a perfect world, that's sort of where the Leafs heads are at in, in terms of planning. Frank, I guess my concern is the full no movement clause. Like Marner just seems the type like he's going to be in Toronto and that's where he's going to be until the duration of this contract. But do you think there's some pressure points they can put on the player if they have to make that type of decision? I mean, all you really have to say, Rosie's been there. I think these no move clauses and no trade clauses are, there's so much made of it that it's bullshit. Like all you have to do is tell the player, we don't want you. (laughs) no one really wants to be in a place that they're not wanted. I don't care if it's, you know, whatever it is, your marriage, uh, a club team, whatever you, you want your golf, your country club, you want to be at a place that you're wanted. And if that's your team and your livelihood, no one wants to be in a miserable situation. And by the way, like who's to say that Mitch Barner, given all that he's been through, doesn't thrive more somewhere else where there's not a constant, light shining on you and and the pressure of this fan base being jammed up your arse on a daily basis and plus that no move just allows a guy to be part of the process if there is a trade you know okay give me your top seven teams and we'll start there and i do not want to go to this place and i will not go to that okay well then you're not you you have you have some precedence over your own future as far as i won't i won't lift my no move if you make a deal with this team and you're able to do that so that I think a lot of the reason that's why that happens, if if things go really south, at least I'm not completely hamstrung. Well, that, and I think that's a great point. And there's also like sort of de facto no trade clauses that people have, even if he didn't, like, let's say he didn't have that on paper. All he has to do from a trade perspective is indicate, have his agent indicate, hey, I won't resign here if you trade me. Like, look at Cutter Goche. The Flyers only talk to 18 to 20 teams 
to try and gauge the market because they knew that there were 13 to, you know, however many left 10 that he simply just wasn't willing to go to. So they could only really talk to those 18 to 20. And that's sort of how the game works. It's and William lastly, Goche, Frank, by uh, the way. Go ahead, William. Rosie. It's William Goche, not Cutter. Self-proclaimed Cutter, we found out. He named himself. That's his nickname. Fuck, I don't like this kid. <laughs> I was un- I was confused for a second there. Where where is he going with this? Is wait, his at- so his real name is actually William? Yeah, yeah. I, I did some digging today before I was doing a podcast earlier. I'm like, what's this guy's real name? Yes, his real name is William. I, I just like that they're calling him Quitter Gauthier. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Pretty fucking good, too. Uh, Frank, we'll leave on this note. So you recently updated your trade targets board. Um, wh- who are some players you think could make sense for the Leafs? Anything you're hearing on, on the trade front? I know we're still a, a ways out from March 8th here. I think they've got a few things to figure out. By the way, um, I think Ilya Samsonov is expected to address the media this morning or already did. I'm curious to see what his quotes are. I'm curious to see he's probably likely to play a game this weekend if that's the path they go down with the back-to-backs. I think that's a huge part from a trade perspective in figuring out where they go next. The first thing was getting Nylander done, locking in his number, Let's say they want to go out and trade for a defenseman that has term. Well, now you can do that with more cost certainty that you've achieved. The next thing is, well, what's the total pool of dollars that we have to spend if we wanted to do that? And I think they have to get an answer from Samsonov. Can he play? Can he not? Can we rehab this game? And if not, are we cutting bait or are we just going to allow him to languish with the Marlies? And, And I think that's a really significant thing over the next two weeks. The Leafs have some time. Um, I think they should be judicious and check all the boxes that they have available to them so that they're not in a spot where if they make a seismic or significant trade, that it's for a rental, that they can take their time and maybe find a defenseman out there that really fits for the longer haul that kills a couple birds with one stone uh, in terms of making Brad Tree Living's job and life a bit easier, putting this roster together heading into the summer. Okay, uh, Frank, great stuff. Anthony Sanfilippo coming up on DFO Live in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Appreciate your time today. See you guys. Thanks, Frank. That's and the one only uh, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff breaking things down for us here on the show. And again, make sure to check out DFO Live coming up. In mere moments, Anthony Sanfilippo uh, to answer to uh, John Tortorella's rant last night, which I just thought was so tremendous and vintage torts. You, you've you've lived it for real. I mean, you played for torts, right? Um, not directly. I just was drafted by them, was at many yeah. camps and, uh, prospect clubs and had meetings with them and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he's, uh, he's very, he's different than he was back then. This is back this is 20 years ago, right? Cramp believe I fucking just said that, but, Crazy. um, you know, yeah. when I got drafted in 03, so went to camps all the way through up until like 09 and, um, he's soft. He, He's softened since then. It doesn't sound like he has, but he's more confident to say what he wants. But you can tell he's kind of got that grandpa feel to him where he really realizes that people are the most important thing. Um, you can tell that, you know, he hasn't wavered off of his off of his like morals and his values and what he thinks is the right thing. And he's not scared to call people out, which I love. But uh he's more established. He's won Jack Adams trophies, he's won Stanley Cups, and he's uh He's just, he's pretty lovable if you don't mind a guy going off the cuff once in a while. And I think guys can be intimidated him off the bat for sure. But if you get to know him and spend time with him, you realize that he really does care about people and does care about his players a lot. 
Yeah, and he just seems like a guy that you want to go to war for, right? Like, I really respect somebody that will go to bat for you. Sometimes I just wish he would just stay out of the media spotlight and pick his battles. But I just yeah. always remember the time in Vancouver where he's like, yeah, I'm a changed guy. And like a week later, he's fucking benching Roberto Luongo. And it's the same shit. Like, people just don't change that drastically. Um, by the way, as Frank referenced, I don't believe I see any quotes just yet from Ilya Samsonov. I, I honestly think it's the worst idea possible to have Samsonov address the media. Just I would continue this along where this guy doesn't talk to the media. Uh, by the way, as I sort of uh, foreshadowed a couple weeks back, there was a post put out just before our show. Justin Bieber is going to be a part of All-Star Weekend. Unfortunately, I can't watch it right now. It's just a video of Bieber and FaceTiming Austin Matthews. Uh, as I heard a while back, he's going to be part of All-Star Weekend. In fact, I heard he's performing. We'll see if that comes to fruition here. But um he's i think there's going to be a collaboration of sorts like i wouldn't be shocked if he's like a captain for the game there it just makes too much sense to pair bieber with austin matthews matthews is going to be the unofficial host here of all-star weekend in less than a month here yeah that'll be cool yeah i mean makes yeah. sense right like why wouldn't yeah he's a big fan they you know he's designed jerseys he's at games yeah. and all-star games here why on earth wouldn't you unless there was some world tour that didn't didn't work scheduling wise you would assume mm-hmm. he'd be a part of it in some way shape or form so that's cool something to be excited about and yeah. uh you know i imagine the there's going to be extra emphasis put on this all-star game just being as where it is taking place. And I think it's going to be a big show and, you know, I hope it's a big success and I think they've learned from what's happened in the past and they're, they're willing to change and, and try new things. And I think it's going to be an exciting all-star game for sure. Uh, very exciting weekend as well for uh, the nation network. We've got a lot planned for all-star. So stay tuned for that. By the way, Matthew Nyes is on the ice for the morning skate will play as far as we know here. And again, uh, Ilya Samsonov has not talked to the media Martin Jones is starting this game against the New York Islanders. John Tavares, by the way, uh, 12 games in his career against the Islanders, five goals, four assists, nine points, which leads us into the Botano wrap-up. Rosie presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19-plus. Please play responsibly. It's a rite of passage every time the Islanders and the Leafs hook up. I got a bet in something, John Tavares, and I want to see a response. So last time you went in there, the Islanders took care of business. They were leading that game. The Leafs tied it late, but they won an OT. I want to see the Leafs go in that hostile barn. I do think, you know, you're going to laugh, but I do think these types of games are a really good indication and preparation of what a playoff game feels like on the road, right? They hate John Tavares there. They're going to boo. They're going to go crazy. The home team's going to be fired up playing their former captain. And I think it's a good prep. You know, I honestly feel that way. And I want to see what the Leafs got. I think this is a, a real heat check game. You're playing a, an Islanders team that you know is going to be in it from for for the fight. They've been losing a lot lately, and you got a Leafs team that's been red hot, four straight wins for them. Yeah, it's going to be a different look for the Leafs. I mean, you go on that swing; they haven't played, you know, uh, a high end team since the LA Kings, and mm-hmm. you know we've been talking about them being able to get the job done against these lower level teams. You play back to back against the Sharks, or the worst team in the league by by far. And they've struggled preparing properly and being mentally ready for those types of games. They've proven they they've been able to get over that and understand the assignment and get the job done. Now it's time to, you know, take that the next step. And here's a team that's a much better team than the San Jose Sharks, but they are struggling. So instead of saying, oh, good, they're struggling, they're not playing well, you know that team's going to be chomping at the bit to get the job done at home tonight. So another kind of measuring stick game. Can you prepare properly? Can you can you access your best? type of hockey and uh, and take this team down here in, in Long Island. 
Well, looking forward uh, once again to this one tonight and also looking forward to the recap coming up tomorrow. And we're also going to preview the uh, the weekend, a back-to-back on home ice, a rarity for the Leafs, Colorado and Detroit. And your old teammate, John Michael Lyles, will stop by on tomorrow's show too. Yes, he will. He's got perspective on uh, on some of those opponents, so it'll be good to pick yeah. his brain a little bit. I'll, I'll go dig up some stories on on JM there and uh, be good to talk to that guy. He's a, he's a positive, smiley guy, so it'll be nice to see his face on the screen again. If I do recall, so I there's a seat cushion from the Winter Classic at the Big House. I believe John Michael Lyles was traded just before that game went down. He might have even taken warm-ups and was pulled. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, I do remember some about that. We can ask about how that all went down and how disappointing it may or may not have been. Yeah, so looking forward to that, again, uh, the Leafs can't look ahead. I I do think Saturday night is a measuring stick game, and Colorado's a fucking wagon. I was watching them last night against Vegas. That power play, they can snap it around. McKinnon's having an unbelievable season. So is Rantanen. Arturi Lekkinen's close to returning to that lineup. And uh, Kale McCarr, all-world defenseman on the back end, a very, very scary team, but I love those measuring stick-type games. So, We'll reconvene coming up again on Friday. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic. At the Least Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube, Least Morning Take, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, thanks to Frank Saravalli of uh, DFO for dropping by. And producer Vic, uh, the rookie the rookie skate for producer Vic did this show by himself. So congratulations mm-hmm. to, uh, to him as well, Rosie. He passed. Congratulations on all of your success, Vic. We appreciate you. We see you. Producer Vic, we love him. That's Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk on Friday. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 